Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. FYI, I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show. It is 9.40 p.m. here on the 8th of March. Organizer of the Karen Carnival in Ottawa is released on bail. Thank you for joining me. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. Uh, what is this, only Tuesday? Wow. Well, anyways, I hope you uh, are enjoying your week as we go into Tuesday evening, into Wednesday, into hump day. Or Wednesday, as we want to call it. Going to have a couple cool mornings still. And it's 12 days until spring. So hopefully, you know, later in the week, the weather shapes up. And it gets a little bit better out there. So an organizer, or the main organizer, as I'd sit call her, um, Tamara Litch has been released from custody. That had happened yesterday. And quite frankly, she could have just sat in jail for all I cared. Now she's out on a $25,000 bond and she must leave Ottawa within the 24 hours and she has to be out of Ontario within 72 hours. With a lot of stipulations. Now, she's got to abide by several conditions. She even breaks one of these conditions. She would be arrested and put back in jail again. So she must leave Ottawa within 24 hours of her release from custody and must leave Ontario within 72 hours, keeping in contact with the Ottawa Police Services on a daily basis as she returns to Alberta. And she may not return to Ontario except to attend a court or meet with her lawyers. Why can't they just do that by Zoom and then she doesn't have to step another foot back in Ontario again? And she must inform Ottawa police 
if and when she returns to the province. Any one of those are breached, she'll be back in jail. And she's also prohibited from accessing or using social media or having anyone use it on her behalf. She also cannot attend or engage in any future protest of COVID-19 mandates. And her surety must have easy and regular access to her electronic devices to ensure this, that she's also prohibited from being in contact with several other organizers or leaders of this Karen Carnival. So she's got a lot of stipulations to follow. Let's see how long that lasts. See how long she can stay away from even talking about any mandates or any covert restrictions. See how long that lasts. Now, also today, ladies and gentlemen, today marks Women's International Day. So congratulations to women out there across the world for all of your achievements, whether it's in business, whether it's in sport, or just women in general. Could be your sister, could be your aunt, it could be your mother. So again, congratulations to all women around the world. So now our top doctor of Ontario used to give an update Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Just before you came on the show um, yesterday, um, the main organizer of the so-called Freedom Convoy that happened here over the winter months in Ottawa, Ontario, she had gotten bail yesterday and she's out on a $25,000 bond and she has to be out of Ottawa within 24 hours. She has to be out of the province of Ontario within 72 hours. She has to contact the Ottawa police on a daily basis on her journey back to Alberta. And her, her surety has to make sure that she is not on any social media and that they have access to her computer 
laptop, cell phone, iPad, whatever the case may be. And nobody else can be on social media for her. Or should just end up right back up in, in, in jail again. But she's very boisterous. She is a separatist. And we'll see how long she can keep her mouth shut. Now, of course, I just mentioned too that it is International Women's Day. All over the world. So congratulations to all the women around the world, whether it's in business, whether it's in sport or just women in general. Like I said, it could be your sister, it could be your aunt, could be your grandmother, it could be your mother. So congratulations to all the women all over the world. Now, this has been in topic uh, and in the news um, for a little bit. And the top doctor here in Ontario has an update Ontario plan to live with and manage COVID-19 on Wednesday. So he is going to come out tomorrow and make some sort of announcement. Now, it's a speculation that the government could move to ease or altogether lift masking requirements in the coming weeks. Well, they were talking the end of the month for the lifting the mask mandates. Now, he was, our top doctor was scheduled to do this on Thursday, but in a news release sent out Tuesday evening, The province said that he will instead speak Wednesday morning to provide an update on Ontario's plan to live with and manage COVID-19. So I wouldn't keep your fingers crossed whether they're going to lift the mandates by the end of March break, which, by the way, the start of next week will be March break for the kids and they'll be out of school for a week. Now, I guess the the top doctor said last week that he is confident here in Ontario will be able to lift its masking mandates for most indoor settings by the end of March. And that's what we'll be talking about. But so far, you know, when we, we have lifted all of the major restrictions here in Ontario. That happened on March the 1st. Some things are still left in place, like wearing a mask in a public building. Proof of vaccination, you don't need to provide that anymore, but businesses, healthcare, they can still request that you have the vaccine certificate to enter a healthcare facility. Nothing to do with the government. There are places that are are doing just that. 
Now, you know, even, you know, a couple people on, on, on the, um, the government's um, science table. Now, I don't like this one, Dr. Peter Juni, because, you know, he always... He always has to turn around and be objective about something. Uh, he's a fear mongrel, far as I'm concerned. And that, you know, he, he, he said, he, he, even before he has said that, um, that he has cautioned that a three-dose vaccine passport system could be needed at some point in the future in order to combat uh, subsequent waves of infection. That is absolutely ridiculous. You have your two doses of the vaccine. You're considered fully vaccinated. You know, the vaccine campaign, you know, even here in the province of Ontario, has slowed considerably. You know, not everybody has decided to get a, a, a third dose of the vaccine. So, you know, this, this one particular doctor, he's always on the other side of the table. And he's absolutely ridiculous. Two vaccines is plenty. That's it. The vaccine, uh, the vaccine certificate has been lifted. It's not required. And at some point in, in the future, no, we're lifting these restrictions. And like I said, the majority, uh, uh, the majority uh, of the, uh, of the restrictions have been lifted here in Ontario. And we're not going backwards here. We're just not. And we're talking about lifting the mask mandate. Now, like I said, the the top doctor here in Ontario, um, he is, I guess, going to be making an announcement tomorrow. And he's probably, you know, I think he's probably going to stay on on the same track as saying by the end of March, you know, we'll lift the uh, the mask the mask mandate. Now, there's still uh, some restrictions um, here, here in Canada. And this is, you know, because the, you know, next week is the beginning of the March break. So... I mean, people, I mean, you know, throughout these couple of years that, you know, we've been going through this pandemic. I mean, people, people are tired. They want to get away. You know, we had, you know, this winter uh, was just felt really long. It was really cold and a lot of snow. So people want to get away to a warm climate. 
Now, so for the travelers out there who want to go to warm uh, climate, traveling outside uh, of Canada uh, this March break, there's some things that you need to know for my fellow Canadians. This may be the first trip that people have taken outside of the province in in a couple of years. You know, in fact, this is the first March break since 2019 that Canadians have not been under a federal advisory against non-essential travel. Now, these, for the traveling, you know, these restrictions are still in place. So anyone over the age of 12 years in four months needs to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 to board a flight, domestic or international. That's leaving from most airports in Canada. Fully vaccinated, according to the government, means having two doses of COVID-19 vaccine. And always make sure you have your vaccine documents handy in case you are asked to show them. Another one that's still a restriction that's still in place is you'll still need a negative COVID-19 test to re-enter Canada. And what that, it it does not have to be the negative PCR test. It'll have to be the antigen rapid test. And it has to be performed no more than one day before your flight coming back into Canada. So the most popular destinations for Canadians is Mexico, the Caribbean, and the United States. And they have private clinics where you can buy a rapid test the day before your flight and hotels even off their own testing services but the test must be administered or observed by a pharmacy, a laboratory healthcare entity, or a telehealth service. And hopefully soon that those mandates will be lifted as well. For Canadians returning back into Canada, That's not to say, you know, going into the United States, because right now, anybody, any foreign national, whether you're a truck driver or not, to enter the United States, you have to show proof of vaccination. And that goes for any foreign national coming into Canada. You'll have to do the same thing. But hopefully just for Canadians returning home, we can lift those mandates and it couldn't come soon enough. So just some, you know, restrictions still left in place, but you know, the major, like the really big major restrictions, you know, have been lifted here in the province of Ontario. 
other provinces across this country are lifting their mandates when they've deemed it is safe to do so. Some have already moved away ahead of the province of Ontario. Some are still waiting. We have 10 provinces and three territories in this country. So things, you know, are looking, are looking up, looking much better. And even for, um, you know, summertime events, you know, um, the city, uh, even here in the city that I reside in, um, um, all the festivals um, that we do throughout the summertime, you know, um, big concerts, outdoor concerts that we have throughout the summertime. We have the folk festival. Um, we have the, the, uh, the rib fest, um, all kinds of outdoor things that is going to be really nice to, uh, have back. Um, this summer, our, um, our local fair, uh, which comes around every September, um, that will be coming back. And of course, um, with the, uh, Canada's Wonderland, uh, there in Toronto will be opening up to full capacity this summer. Um, the Toronto's Canadian National Exhibition, that will be opening up um, uh, in late August. So a lot of things um, are going to be a whole lot different. So I'm glad to, you know, announce that so people, you know, you don't know what to, is going on here in Ontario, Canada and across Canada. Good things are happening. Now, I was away um, on the weekend. It was nice just to get out of the city, go an hour or so out of the city into a small town community. Take a drive to Blyth, Ontario, Canada. It's a small town with a big heart. Broad bread and pastry is a concept for your coffee and bread and pastry. You dine in in a quaint little restaurant. I did, and you should too. That is broad bread and pastry in Blythe, Ontario, Canada.
Now, with things getting back to back to normal is what we're seeing. Now, you know, another, uh, well, this is the only the eight. So, you know, nine more days. I don't know if you, uh, wherever you are in the world here in North America, uh, we celebrate, we celebrate St. Patrick's day and being that bars and restaurants can open to full capacity. No need to show proof of, of, uh, vac- uh vaccination. So that is going to be uh, good for the restaurants and the bars. And of course, like I said, even in Toronto, the spring and summer events that have either been canceled or held virtually throughout the COVID-19 pandemic or after previously suspending Issuing of permits for virtually all of Toronto's biggest events. And they've been working for the past few months to to ensure that the residents set a full calendar of street festivals and other special events to look forward to here in 2022. And of course, the beginning with the St. Patrick's Day Parade on March the 20th and continuing with with the Pride Parade and the Toronto Caribbean Carnival this summer. So lots of things, you know, to be looking forward to, you know, as we're changing from winter and coming into spring, which is always nice to see. You know, doesn't matter what festival that um, was coming here. You know, uh, Pride Toronto, you know, for example, um, people who are visiting that festival typically spend an average of $46 million in the city just for that festival. Of the past two years, you know, that is a large amount of money that businesses didn't get a taste of. You know, even with St. Patrick's Day, you know, when, when we didn't have indoor dining, you know, the revenues lost on restaurants and, and bars. It's just mind boggling. And now they get this opportunity coming this March 17th that you can full capacity seating in your restaurant and bars. And for those who like to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, 
to be able to go out and do that as well. And, you know, even like, you know, here, you know, here in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside, you know, all the fest, all the festivals, um, are coming back, um, the spring and summer and the fall time. And, um, you know, we just, you know, just keep moving forward. Just keep, you know, Go out there and do the things you've done. You've done in the past. Pre-pandemic. You know, like I said earlier, like I said, I don't, I don't um, particularly like this one doctor here in Ontario, um, you know, because, you know, He's a fear mongrel. He really is. And I'm sick and tired of him. You know, we don't need uh, to to bring back uh, these vaccine uh, passports or immunization cards. We don't need to do it. And we don't need a third dose to be fully vaccinated. People have done their part. We have done our part. We stepped up. We got vaccinated. The third vaccine was there. If you wanted it, it wasn't mandatory. Never was mandatory. You wanted to get the third. You got the third. If you felt more comfortable doing that, fine. But at this, at this point in time in the game, there's no need to be talking about bringing back or potentially bringing back the vaccine certificates and you have to have a third dose to be to prove you're fully vaccinated. I do not think so. I did my part. Millions of other Canadians did their part. We all made our sacrifices. And now is the time to move forward. Kids will be able to finish a whole school year. They won't have to worry about when they go on their March break, are they going to return to school? Yeah, they're going to be returning to school after the March break. For the last two years, every time they went on March break, they never returned to school. They do online learning. It's a good sign. Hospital admittance is down. The ICU is down. Yes, there still is a risk. But we're adults. We're supposed to use common sense. 
And look, if you don't feel comfortable in a crowd and you still want to wear a mask, then wear your mask. Even after they even lift that mask mandate. If you don't feel comfortable, then you have the choice of either to wear it or not. I was never a winter person. I don't like the winter. I can't wait till the weather gets warmer outside. I like going on the patios. I like sitting in the sunshine. I like for people to see my face. And even since everything, you know, most uh, major restrictions have been lifted, I normally would go out on a Saturday to watch a sporting event. And since these mandates, you know, the majority of the major mandates have been lifted, I haven't been, I haven't been out. This is the first time in months that I actually even traveled outside my city just to go away for the weekend. You know, take up the sights and sound of a small town. Because small towns have character. They have history. And besides, I know somebody who lives in a small town and not from far from the town that I mentioned of Blythe, Ontario. So it was just nice just to get out and do that. Now, lots of things, you know, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, I still hear and see, you know, my fellow Canadians. Complaining. You know, what's left of the mandates or restrictions. Hollering freedom in a free country. Lots of things going on in this world. And I said this before in my past episodes. You want to support a cause? You want to help people? You want to make donations? How about make donations to help the people of the Ukraine? 
protest against this war. That's a worthy cause. Fight for somebody else's freedom because you have not lost yours. I don't know. I don't know what we can do more to help the people of Ukraine. Are all these sanctions that countries have put on Russia, are they going to work? Are they showing any signs of working? I hope they are. The United States, I guess, uh, announced today that they will not be buying or getting any oil or gas from Russia. Neither is Canada and other countries. You know, Canada has the third largest oil reserve in the world. Why we needed to get oil from Russia, I have no idea. We supply the United States. We can supply ourselves and not have to rely on any country for oil. In case you haven't noticed, your gas prices. It's gonna have a really big impact on your commodities. And your biggest commodity is at the grocery store. Prices are going to go up dramatically. And that's going to go right across every sector. No matter what you buy, you're going to pay more. Now we have this uh, conflict. One of the biggest grocery store chains here in Canada is the Great Canadian Superstore. And Frito-Lay who supplies the grocery store chains 
And, you know, they want, you know, Frito, Frito-Lay wants to, to raise their prices. Wages have gone up. The price for ingredients has gone up. But the great Canadian superstore doesn't feel that it should have to pay more for that product. I'm talking potato chips. Canadian Canadian uh, superstore has made record profits. And yet they don't want to pay more for a product. Consumers don't want to pay more for a product, but we're going to have to anyways because of the cost of fuel. Transportation doesn't come free. And it's going to be passed on to the consumer. Now they argue the point that, oh, you know, we want to give the best value to our customers. We want to keep our prices reasonable. We want to keep our prices low. They're not going to be able to sustain that. Because everybody's prices are going to go up. So wherever they buy their product from to go on your grocery store shelf, those prices are going to increase. And what are they going to say? Oh, I don't want to pay more for that product. So they'll just pull the product. And that's what Frito-Lay did. They pulled their products off their shelves. Because the Canadian Superstore didn't want to pay more. So what about the other suppliers? Their prices are going to go up. It's going to be passed back on to the consumer. The Bank of Canada has raised its interest rates, hopefully to offset any cost, which gets gets passed back on to the consumer. See, here in Canada, I mean, we are just taxed and we're taxed on top of tax. The carbon tax we pay for at the pump. The provincial tax we pay for at the pump. Now, even if they lifted the tax for a short time, the gas prices are still going to increase. So even if they reduced it by 5%, 10%, 
the price is still going to increase. So we'd just be back to square one. Because what they reduce it to, the price will just go up to that anyways. Now, for however long this is going to last, I don't know. As long as the war in Ukraine is going to last, how long is that going to last? I don't know. And even afterwards, are they going to keep the prices where they're at? And coming in into spring and summertime, people will just do less, less traveling. Use their car wisely. You know, how, you know, think about how dependent we are on oil and everything else that we were dependent on that is just wrecking the environment, the climate. You got to find different ways. We got to do things differently. People can believe in climate change. They don't have to believe in climate change. But the reality is we're in climate change. This planet is in trouble. We need to start doing things differently. We need to stop being dependent on certain commodities. We need to find that green energy. And we need to create jobs out of that green energy. We need to find other alternatives, you know, because, you know, oil makes a lot of plastic. But we need to find other alternatives if we're going to continue to make plastic jugs of some sort or anything out of plastic, we need to find other alternatives, green energy alternatives, some sort to make a product. We can throw all the taxes at all the big polluters out there, make them pay more, isn't going to stop them from polluting. We need to find different ways. We really do. They're trying to build these electric cars as fast as they can. Here across Ontario, they're putting up charging stations all over the place. Hoping for this influx of electric vehicles.
government of Ontario, you know, to, you know, they want people to, you know, think green, grow green, drive green. Well, give us the incentives. You know, give us a break. I mean, these electric cars shouldn't cost us an arm and a leg. Maybe just an arm. The government and all governments need to use our tax dollars wisely in thinking green with our green. Cutting emissions or so much emissions by by 2050. That could be potentially too late. We need to do it sooner. We need to do it faster. Just like everything else we take for granted, we take this planet for granted. That the planet will always give, 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 and give because we take. Well, it's a breaking point somewhere. And it just won't be able to give anymore. You know, if we lose our oceans, we lose this planet. We as humans, we need to think differently. We need to start doing things differently. We need to stop becoming dependent on these commodities. And we need to put a stop to this war. This is just tragic. It's just absolutely tragic. How we can allow this dictator to do what he's doing And threatens the rest of the world by putting his nuclear arsenal on high alert. Just in case.
you know that that uh, Russia um, controls the engines on the International Space Station? He even threatened to turn them off. This man needs to be stopped. And the governments around the world need to do everything they possibly can. And then hold them accountable for war crimes. Nobody should be able to attack a sovereign nation. And it's really too bad that we couldn't have pulled the Ukraine into NATO long before this, years ago. Be a whole different story because he wouldn't be attacking the Ukraine if it was part of NATO. So like I said earlier, you want to go do protesting for freedom? Protest for freedom for the people of Ukraine. Because you didn't lose your freedom here in North America or any, any other place around the world. You didn't lose your freedom. Make a donation. That's the cause. That's a good protest to have. And I've seen a lot of them lately around the world, even here across Canada, protesting against this war. Let's be thankful, ladies and gentlemen, be be thankful of what you have. Greed, taking things for granted. Man, I'm telling you, we don't know. You know what? We don't know. We don't come from war-torn countries. But other people do. And they come to your country. Because they want to live free. They want to live in peace. 
They want to live in a democracy. So go ahead. You know what? <laughs> Keep taking things for granted. Because that's what we do. You don't know how good you got it. You just don't. People just don't get it. When I see people still protesting about these mandates and restrictions, I just shake my head. You ever seen that movie, Sixth Sense, where the kid says he sees dead people? Well, I'll tell you what I see. I see stupid people. You don't like your freedoms. You got a problem with it. Go live in North Korea. Go live in China. Hell, go live in Russia. Then you can holler freedom. Then you can protest freedom. Oh, wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't do that in those countries. You'd be locked up and never seen again. See, they don't have freedom. See, you do. You always have. So I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this evening here on the Truckers Podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you out here joining me. I don't normally get out too often during a weekday. Most of my shows are done on the weekends. Well, it all depends, though, too, when I get home from work. Because I do start early in the morning. I'm up at 5. I start work at 6. I got a 45-minute commute to work. And sometimes I don't get home until 8 o'clock at night. This is an earlier day for me today, which was nice. But I can't predict what time I'm going to get home 
every evening during Monday to Friday. I'd like to come out here at least a couple times during the week. But I just play it by ear. But I have my weekends to come out here and talk to you and share what's on my mind and to inform you what's going on here in Canada. So thank you for lending me your ear and your time. I thank you for that. So enjoy the rest of your evening, ladies and gentlemen. And enjoy the rest of your week. Be safe. Give your loved ones a hug. And stay out of trouble. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Good night, everybody.